For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three, down to two. It's a three. Good! Good! He's got it! James Harden, a flamethrower! And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Joaquin Hawkins. Uh, what's going on, Cody? How you doing today, man? Doing well, doing well, man. You know, before we get into everything that we have on the agenda today, of course, we're going to get into the coaching search that's going on right now since Mike D'Antoni stepped down. And... um but of course, we 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 have to start with the news on that broke on Thursday that Daryl Morey was stepping down as general manager of the Houston Rockets. And Hawk, I'm gonna let you take the floor first. How do you feel about that, and where do you think the organization should go from here? Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it's it's kind of um, I want to say bittersweet. You know, obviously the way the season ended with the Rockets, um, you know, maybe it is, it's time for a change. Um, not only obviously a coaching change, uh, but maybe just some other changes in the, in the front office. And, um, you know, I know he's been there with 12 years now. 13. And, uh, yeah. And they've, they've had a, a number of playoff runs. Um, you know, I think he's done a, a good job of what, you know, putting the, the team in a position to, to have some success. But, um, you know, they still still can't get over that hump. And, um, you know, sometimes it just start with a uh, not, not really a real a rebuild, but just maybe it's going to a different direction. So, you know, with him stepping down, you know, they they really don't have a choice now. They, they definitely have to find someone and, 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 and start that that next chapter um, in a different direction. Yeah. You know, first and foremost, let me just say I was very surprised by this news, you know, because when Mike D'Antoni stepped away from the team it was about uh three four weeks ago Tillman Fatita came out and said that he was on board of keeping Daryl Morey and everyone was under the consumption that Morey was sticking around but all of a sudden he steps away and it's like okay what just happened you know I do believe that this was 100% Daryl Morey's doing I do believe that it was he wanted to step away because even though he was a guy who not only you can tell he loved his job and he was well respected here in Houston, especially amongst Rockets fans. Um, there's like several Twitter accounts. I can't I can't tell you how many times throughout a Rockets season I see in more we trust, <laughs> you know. Um it seems like he was still going to be here for the long haul. But if you think about it, Hawk, I'm I was surprised the way it happened. But I'm not surprised that it happened. And I say that because ever since you go back to that 2018 season and Chris Paul hamstring gave out on them, and then they went on to miss 27 straight three-pointers, 
it seems like the writing that was the beginning of the end for Daryl Morey's tenure in Houston. Because after that, it just seems like the Rockets never recaptured that magic that they had in 2018. And it caused a lot of confusion, a lot of turmoil within the organization because you 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 brought in a new owner. The owner is kind of bumping heads with the general manager. You have a coach who is seeking a contract extension, a contract extension that he was promised under the old regime. And then you have a team who is like, man, your your team is very talented, but every single season you are never good enough. And I actually saw a stat and ever since the Rockets came became contenders in um 2015, the first time they lost to the Golden State Warriors, Every single season that they lost in the in the in the playoffs, they always lost to the champions of their league. Well, let you know how close they were. Of course, the countless times they lost to Golden State. Then this year they lose to the Los Angeles Lakers. But I would say, you know, looking back on the Daryl Morey's tenure, I am a little bit, I'm not happy that he's gone, but at the same time, I would say it's it's time for a change. And Daryl Morey if you ask me what type of legacy do he leaves, I would say he leaves a really good legacy. When you look back in, he was hired in 2008 and he helped this franchise. What I, what I most loved and respect about Daryl Morey is the fact that he helped take us out of the Yao Ming T-Mac era, because when he was hired, it was the, the writing was on the wall that, you know, these two guys, as much as I love that era, these two guys are not going to be able to get it done because they can never stay healthy. The fact that he took us out of that, he brought in a lot of pieces. We still was a competitive team, even though we missed the playoffs with two, three years, you know, during the Kevin Martin years. And he took us from the T Mackinac era to the Kevin Martin era to the James Harden era. And every single one of those times, the, the Rockets were never a bad team. And that's what I respect most about Daryl Morey. Not, not only that, this is a guy, a general manager, who said, you know what? We have arguably one of the best scorers in NBA history. I'm going to try my best to pair him with another star, and we're going to try to contend for a championship. And you saw he brought in Dwight Howard. He saw, you, you saw he brought in Chris Paul. You saw he brought in Russell Westbrook. And those are just the big-name guys. We're not even talking about what I probably love, loved about him the best is the no-name guys, the, the players that teams around the league gave up on. He brought those in, and it's like, oh, my God, I, how did you find this guy? The Josh Mitts, the, the the Jason Terry's, the Patrick Beverly's, the, the Jeff Green. My God, how good did Jeff Green look this year? The expectations were there. I mean, it was it was tough for him coming in, and uh, I think he exceeded that. Um, I think he definitely um, took the organization into a different uh, a different era, a different um, the momentum that they had going into each season after that. I mean, it, he continued to build and he had success. I mean, what can you say? The guy came in, did his job, and he did his job well. So it, it was a little little shocking for him to step down. But, you know, again, you, you only can do as much as you can. And, you know, maybe the expectations to move forward, you know, was was overwhelming for him. Uh, but with all due respect, man, he came in, he did his thing. And, um, you know, at least he can say, that um, his tenure tenure uh, with the Rockets was a successful one because they, they were able to make the playoffs, um, you know, for several years. It really was. And I would say this about Daryl Morey. The only thing that I did not like about Morey 
was the fact that he was so much of an analytic guy. I think it took the common sense out of basketball. And when I look back at the Daryl Morey tenure, basically the last two, three years, him and Mike D'Antoni was so much into analytics. It took just the common knowledge, the common sense of basketball out of it. And I think that's what hurt Houston more than anything, because you look at the play style. All they did was just shoot three pointers and get layups and dunks. And they always talked about how, according to the numbers, the mid range game was the worst shot in, in basketball. But yet your team is sitting at home and we watched a guy by the name of Jimmy Butler in the NBA finals. That's all he did was shoot mid range game average damn, damn near a 40 point triple double off the mid range game. And then you turn around and then you double down on your style of play and just removing big men out in general, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I was never a fan of the small ball because I always said it's exciting. It's fun. And it gives a Rockets, it gives the Rockets a puncher chance. And I'm under the belief, unless you're the New York Knicks, anybody has a puncher chance to do something in this league because you're talking about the best basketball players in the world. However, when you go into a seven-game series and you go up against a team like the Los Angeles Lakers, I mean, hell, they had problems with the Oklahoma City Thunder for crying out loud. If it wasn't for a block that James Harden got, you probably would have got sent home by the Thunder. It, it it just gave those teams an opportunity to say, you know what, let's make these small adjustments and this is how the way we're going to beat the Houston Rockets. So, you know, I, I hate to see Daryl Morey go because, I mean, this guy has done a hell of a job here in Houston. And I just hate knowing that he does not have the championship or, or, or a banner or anything to show for it for his, worth, for his work. But like I say, man, I just think he was too much into analytics to the point it cost them. It cost him and the Rockets in the long run. Well, it's new time, new era. It's um, you know, it's kind of getting bittersweet with the new coaching change, changes that they have to do. Um, you know, again, maybe it'll be, um, you know, better for the organization in the long run. As you guys already know, Daryl Morey was not the only guy who walked away from the Houston Rockets over the past couple of weeks. Um, a, a month ago, I think it was. Mike D'Antoni walked away from the team the day after the Houston Rockets were eliminated by the Los Angeles Lakers. And if you like any type of backstory on how the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni got to that, got to that point, um, what was it like on the, on the plane ride home, please go to the athletic and check out my boy Kelly Eco article. He has a tremendous story on everything that led up to Mike D'Antoni's departure. Great insight. And I'm pretty sure you guys know know Kelly's work. By far the best Rockets beat reporter that we have right here in the city of Houston. Um, if you haven't checked that out, please do so. But um, with Mike D'Antoni no longer here, the Rockets are in a position where they're trying to find a, a coach. And oh, to be honest with you, yeah, I honestly don't have faith in none of the candidates given the makeup of this team as you remember the last time you and I was 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 on the mic together I said if they get a new coach they're probably going to just have to rebuild this whole roster because can't nobody coach this team but Mike D'Antoni and right now the two front runners are John Lucas and Jeff Van Gundy and I respect both of those names but I'm just not too sure yeah, um, I know Van Gundy uh, actually used to coach uh, the Rockets uh, in, in the past. Uh, John Lucas, obviously, I 
in my eyes, he may be a better fit just because he's kind of like a, a player's coach since he, he played the game himself. Um, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see which way they go. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that you have two high profile athletes, um, Westbrook and, and Harden. I mean, again, it, it's a certain way, certain style that they play. And, um, you know, I, I think with any team, especially with the stars, they have to be able to be, um, they have to believe in their coach. You know, the, the more that you believe in your coach, the, the, the better you can play as a player. And, um, you know, in my eyes, I think John Lucas may just be a, a better fit um, just because of he's played the game and, um, you know, and their style, you know, it's 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 unorthodox. It's, it's not the norm, uh, but it's very efficient. And uh, I just think they need someone that they can believe in as players. And, you know, John Lucas, you know, his his resume speaks for itself. So I, I would like to see him you know, in that in that position uh, to coach that team and, and really change their roster and really get them some versatility, you know, because with those two and hopefully, you know, there, there are no any trades or, or anything like that with, with those two. But if he can surround those two, you know, with some efficient bigs, you know, some some good role players, which they do have now, um, I think that that would be a good step in the right direction, um, having John Lucas as their coach. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I do think John Lucas is the best fit from the candidates they are looking at. And they're looking at other candidates like Steven Stiles, um, the assistant coach in Dallas right now. But, you know, if I had to pick, I would pick John Lucas. One, he's used to the players. Two, and there's a report going around saying that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are basically advocating for Lucas to become the next head coach. And the reason why I would like to see John Lucas as the Rockets head coach. And I actually wrote about this last week for the Dream Shake. I actually made a really good point of why Lucas should be the Rockets next head coach. And it's because of the work that he did as a player development. Because since he's been here in 2016, you can possibly say the Rockets had one of the best player development systems in the league. And that was all due to him because he, well, part of it was due to him because he was the the, the player's development coach. And you take a look at the guys that was able to come here in Houston and actually develop and be something, not just for the Houston Rockies, but be something in the league. You look at Kun Capella, Gary Clark, Isaiah Hornstein, Daniel House. Every one of these four players that I just named played an important part of the Rockies one way or another. Now, the only person that's left on this roster, the, the only person that's left on this list is Daniel House, but that just shows you that he has a quality in a coach that I think goes unnoticed a lot of times when you bring in certain coaches. It's like, okay, he's a good coach. He knows X's and O's, but can he help a player develop? Can he take this unproven, this raw talent that's sitting at the end of the bench? Can he take him and make him into something? And I think John Lucas has that aura about him. Plus, as I said, he's well-respected in his organization and not just in this organization, but around the league. But a lot of people, especially fans, when they look at John Lucas, they get kind of nervous because they're like, oh my God, this is a guy who has had a, a head coaching record of 173 to 257. I mean, yes, that is terrible. But if you think about it, John Lucas never really had an opportunity to coach a good team. His best stint came when he was the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs from, I believe it was 92 to 94. Um, he coached them to the 
playoffs and one of the years they actually end up losing to the Rockets. And the Spurs actually had a really good record under him, but his next two stops, the Philadelphia 76ers, two years removed from drafting Allen Iverson, and then his next stop, the Cleveland Cavaliers a year before they drafted LeBron James. So that just lets you know how terrible of a talent that he had. But I think John Lucas will be a really great fit given his age and given the, this, the small amount of window championship window that the Rockets have right now, I will say give him a two year deal that lines up with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Give it two years. If it worked great, if it don't, you you have an opportunity to blow everything up. Now, Jeff Van Gundy, he's one of my all-time favorite coaches, but I don't think he's a right fit for the Houston Rockets this time around. And I say that because his style of coaching, I don't think it lines up with a guy like James Harden and a guy like guy like Russell Westbrook. Right. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, it is personalities have to has to be able to be um, a good fit, you know, for the coaches. Uh, coaching the players and the players, you know, being coached by, you know, their their head coach or their their staff. And you're not saying that Van Gundy is not a a, a, um, a bad coach or anything like that, but I think, you know, personalities has a lot to do with it. And um, just the fact that, again, Van Gundy has been around. He's very, um, you know, articulate coach, very, you know, his, his, his X's and O's. Um, it's, it's just gets to the point where you got to make sure that players can respect uh, the, the person that's coaching them. And, and just the fact that, that Lucas has been in the league himself, he's, he's coached a number of um, other teams. It, it just seems right now it'll be a, a more fitting for, uh, for Lucas to get that job and, and, and really to, I guess, restructure that Rock, Rockets offense and defense. And you actually missed out on having the opportunity to get coached by Jeff Van Gundy, correct? I did. I did. And uh, I still tell the story now. And it, I got to say, it's a little frustrating for me because, you know, obviously I finished uh, with the Rockets in, in 03, 2002, 2003 season. And that next year, um, I, I didn't have a, a guaranteed contract. So, you know, I was looking forward to just going back to camp to proving myself again. And I didn't even get an invite, man. I didn't get an invite. Like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I, Bank, I mean, just give me give me a chance. Um, and that's what Rudy did. Rudy um, gave me a chance to to prove myself, and so I was just looking for that. But uh, but it ended up working out. I ended up going to to camp. Um, I think it was with the Warriors uh, the next year. Some of the other coaching staff that didn't that didn't get a chance to come back to the Rockets. Um, you know, they were able to um, vow for me to to get in the in the camp with uh, with the with the Warriors that following year and. You know, even though I didn't make that team, it, it was still, um, you know, a good experience for me uh, that continued where I can continue my 14 year professional uh, basketball career. But, yeah, man, I had a chance to come back before <laughs> coming back. But I guess Van Gundy just has some other other plans. And I just wasn't not in those plans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear that, Hawk, man. You know, like, oh, well, but. At the end of the day, you did have an opportunity to work with someone who helped you prove yourself to be a part of the Houston Rockets during the 2002-2003 season. And we're going to get into that a little bit more on the other side of the break. Yesterday was a very sad day for the Houston Rockets organization as a whole. Not only did Daryl Morey step away, but more importantly, we found out the tragic news of the passing of B.J. Johnson, who has been the Rockets' top 
scout with the organization ever since 1995. Um, Very, very sad situation that happened. Hawk, I understand that BJ was one of the guys who actually helped you during your time here with the Houston Rockets. Yeah, he was, man. BJ was not only a friend, but um, obviously a mentor uh, to me. Um, I was a I was a no name rookie, you know, coming to to training camp. You know, I got all these high profile athletes: Steve Francis, Katina Mobley. That was Yao's first year. Um, my boy Muchi Nor- Norris, uh, Maurice Taylor. I mean, all these guys obviously were proven NBA players, and um, I was just again. A young kid from Linwood, California, trying to make a team and, you know, being 29 years old, um, the, the stacks is already against me. You know, I, I didn't have, you know, the name or I didn't have the experience because I've never played in the league at that time. I had, a, I had a tryout with the Lakers and the Clippers. But other than that, you know, I, I played, you know, 12 years overseas. And so um, and I remember that first few days of training camp and BJ just approached me like he knew me. What's up, young fella? Man, you, you got some game, but you got to do this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, like, who, who is this guy? But again, I'm, I'm seeing the Rockets shirt he has on. So I'm like, he has to be important. <laughs> from, from day one, it seemed like every single day after that, um, he was calling me. I was calling him. Uh, he was mentoring me. He was telling me what was needed for me to make the team. And, um, and I, I tell the story a lot. No one came to me unofficially told me that I made the Rockets team and I will call him. This is after January, February. I'm calling him like, BJ, man, when are they going to tell me I made the team? He's like, Hawk, relax, man. You're still here. You did make the team. And <laughs> he was just that person to, to, to keep me together, to keep me focused. And, um, you know, always kept me calm, cool and collective with his words of, of inspiration, um, showing me different tricks of the trade of what was needed, you know, doing, you know, um, you know, my, my, my time there as a defensive player wanted uh, told me how to em- embrace that. That's part of the reason why I made the team. I mean, he was just that glue that kept me together. And I didn't know his prior experiences with other players. I didn't know what else he did. Um, and when I found out the other players he worked with, Ralph Sampson, um, obviously all the other Rockets that played, um, with the um, with the with the organization over the years, and 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 you know, for me to hear yesterday how he passed, I mean, I I was down. I'm still down, man. I, I still can't believe it. You know, it's it's just unbelievable, uh, unbelievable tragedy, tragedy. And um, you know, I know a lot of players, a lot of coaches. Obviously, his his family, our, our condolences to to them. Um, it is definitely um, a tragedy for for all of Houston, all the the, the NBA world, and we're going to miss BJ. I know personally, I'm going to miss him, and um, you know, it's just it's, it's what else can I say, man? He, he was just a a guy that we all um, loved, and uh, we will continue to help his uh, memory live live on. It's just another tough stain on a very tough year in 2020 especially for the basketball community given everything that this community has been through um you know like you say prayers up to his family um you know you talked about the countless of players that he helped not just in the Rockets organization but overall Jamal Crawford tweeted out on yesterday when I was an unproven rookie he helped give me a lot of confidence when I didn't see it I wasn't even on his team, and he always had some words of encouragement or just kept it real with me. Prayers up to his family. And and the fact that Jamal Crawford, who never touched 
probably never even talked to the Houston Rockets about joining this organization. The, that that just lets you know the reach that B.J. Johnson had during his career. And to shed light on his career just as as the Rockets, I mean, he was the Rockets scout. And the, the amount of talent that he was able to bring in, Yao Ming, Steve Francis, um, you, <laughs> um, you, you know, Clint Capella, you know, the list goes on and on. The, the Rockets have brought in a lot of good talents, Luis Scola. And the fact that he was the scout lets you know this guy has a long track record of not only just bringing in talent, but finding guys that a lot of people might not even know of. No, he's, he's a legend, man. Um, as I said, BJ's memory will, will last, you know, for eternity. You know, there's there too many players, coaches, uh, and just people in general that can speak on his behalf and, and what he's done uh, for the basketball world. And, um, man, again, I, I can't say enough, man, how, how tough it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to say that um, he's been a part of my life. He's part of my uh, a way of how I made the NBA, how I, you know, was able to stay with that Rocket team. A uh, big part of uh, an inf- influence in me and, and keeping me motivated while I was there. So, you know, my hat's off. It's, it's, it's. It's um, definitely tough to hear, you know, about this tragedy. But as I said, there's too many people, players, and, and coaches that we will continue to to speak highly um, on about BJ and uh, what he's done to the to the basketball community. Yes, sir. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Hawk. You also can follow me on IG at Coach Hawk 247. Again, that's Coach Hawk 247. You also can follow me on Facebook, Joaquin Hawkins. Uh, with my organization, the Hawk Hoops Basketball. Hawk Hoops Basketball is our AAU youth basketball team. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save